one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. We find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts we love, put them in our mind cart, and bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today with my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello. And before we get into it, that's right. I'm on a fucking hot streak. I'm remembering to say it right. Wow. <laughs> All the time. Another episode <laughs> done correctly. What's more amazing is that I think Mike actually didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's confusing. <laughs> and we don't just jump into a tangent immediately. We're going to shout out our nice tier patrons because they are nice. You, you, you hear the that inflection in my voice? You hear what I I'm did. saying? I do you hear, hear what it. I'm doing there, folks? I got you. I feel that. I hear how nice it is. I see what you're doing. And this week at our nice tier, we got Cream Bean, Hephaestus Bolts, Prime Speaker Florian, Yef Judge, Accidental TPK, and Royal Flood. Thanks for being so nice. Thank you, everybody. You guys are nice. Thanks, you nice people. When I said nice that last time, my teeth kind of clacked together in an uncomfortable way. Ooh. That never happened to you guys? <laughs> you ever uh, like lose control of your body just a tiny bit and like hurt yourself accidentally? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I've bitten myself. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what you're myself all the referencing. Time. I just like clacked my front teeth down hard. I don't. I don't know. I've been there. I've oh, done over that. Christmas, I bit my tongue more harshly than I've ever bitten it oh. in my life. And Dude, it's it, it was like worse, man. It was like a week of like not being able to touch and then it's just like in that place where it's constantly rubbing on your teeth you know yeah yeah well that's the problem is like you bite like your lip or your tongue or whatever and then it swells up and surprise you bite it way more after that like it's the fucking worst dude (laughs) oh and i got these big old chompers you know what i mean like yeah these big chippy chompies and i love to eat man i'm just fucking i I go to i go to town on that food well i feel like that's when i learned that like i'm really biting down on shit like when i bite myself i'm like god like It'll be okay. Like, I don't need to use this much force, I don't think, to, like, chew through food. And I'm just, like, fucking going at it. But, Dude, the human bite is incredibly strong. Yeah, isn't it? It's it's the strongest muscle in the body, isn't it? Yeah. You want to hear a really gross fact? Yeah. If you don't want to hear this, fast forward 30 seconds. <laughs> um, the amount of force it takes to bite through a finger is the same as biting through a baby carrot. I know that one. Really? Is that fucking crazy? I don't believe it. Also, who's testing this? Yeah, I don't who's believe that, it. That feels like fake news. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's news. There's no way. I've bit my finger harder. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Oh, Tony <laughs> bit his finger up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's orange. Whoa. <laughs> fucking baby carrot. Like, come on. No way. That's bullshit. That's I don't bullshit. know, get, man. Get some Mythbusters on that shit. I'm telling you, I just did it right now. <laughs> we, today, we've exhumed a cadaver so we can <laughs> chomp on its fingers. <laughs> nah, I'll, I'll put it up. I'll put my finger up. Dude, 
They should have a Mythbusters app where they blindfold the Mythbusters. They give them a glove. And in one finger of the glove, there's a real human finger. And in the other finger of the glove, there's a baby carrot. Yeah. And they chomp and then they have to tell us which is which. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good episode. (laughs) I, I I think it has the same amount of variable controls as a typical Mythbusters experiment. (laughs) No shade. Love the Mythbusters. But man, I would always watch that show and be like, yeah, they're not really doing this, though. They're not really counting for that shit, though. You know what I mean? There's some some holes to be poked in those experiments. I feel like Mythbusters is one of those things where I only ever saw like a couple of like YouTube videos of things. Like I never actually watched an episode of Mythbusters, you know? Oh man. As a young science minded child, I fucking consumed that shit, man. Mm. I, I love the discovery back when the discovery channel was like actually about science and not just like hillbillies in the woods. I fucking love <laughs> it, man. It was the best. <laughs> now they're just like, look at these, look at these crazy guys. Look at these duck guys. I like the duck guys. They're wow. They're wacky. Look at their family antics. They seem funny. Yeah, they, they seem good natured. Not a lot of science though. They seem goofy. Not discovering a lot other than like I don't know family dynamics. I guess it's not a not a lot of discovery to be had. I discover that. I was trying to be like <laughs> discover salt. Discover these nuts. <laughs> Sometimes I feel More like our salt transitions are almost as clumsy as a D's nuts joke. You know what I mean? Almost, but never quite. <laughs> it's like, discover this salt, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> never mind, you're right. They are exactly that. Am I right? That's yeah. exactly what they are. It's like the same exact energy, the same vibe goes into them. <laughs> I love that. That's a good. Oh, man, that's dude. good. That's a good thing to know. So, how's the party going? Or, or how's the? Um, give me an update on the BG three characters. Are, are things good? What level are you guys? We've at? made no progress. Yeah, no progress has been made. We're we're probably right. at well, like a max once a week playing uh, Cadence, and okay. you know uh, we skip this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, all right. Asked and answered, you know. But maybe next Monday, unless unless Tony is joining another musical or singing. Uh, Tony, are you joining a musical? <laughs> is this how I find out? I don't know that I'm in yet or anything. <laughs> is this with the shitty musical theater that you used to perform with? So it's the same director. <laughs> oh my god! A different group. Wasn't the director bad? Um, you know, aren't yeah. you on record saying they're the worst director you've ever played with? No, no, no. The music director was the worst music director I've ever worked oh, with. Also, if they're bad. listening right now, I apologize, but you know, get good. <laughs> no, they're doing a different company. music director uh it's a different music it's just a show you know all of already so it's gonna actually, be so it's kind of awkward because i don't super know it uh but it's like it's all these like little vignettes it's like small bits right so it's like unless i'm the lead which i don't think i will be yeah i mean probably not <laughs> I don't yeah, think I that be. would you've never been the lead in a show in Michigan <laughs> yeah. with this director. That's true. But like <laughs> honestly, at the wait a sec, at maybe. The call, wait, hold on now. <laughs> hang wait, on. Hang on. At the auditions, it was no, you uh, hang on. <laughs> at the auditions, there were like more people. 
there is like talented people. So like, I think it like a could be Ugh. not complete gutter trash. I need to do something. I need. I'm trying to find something to do <laughs> in Michigan. I give you something to do every week. <laughs> you just show up to this podcast. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I already. I mean, obviously, I already marked off like every Thursday podcast days and whatnot. Okay, yeah, good. yeah. You can't. You cannot miss a podcast episode <laughs> for the music. Yeah, no. The the only technically there'd be one Thursday that I would have to go to for the like, show because it's a show. Yeah. Yeah. In two months, are you going to be like, guys, I really have to take it's tech week. I have to take this one off. No, it's or that. are we going to have to pull this recording up and be like, <laughs> that is the the day. It's like a show. Like there's only one. Got it. So hmm. there's well, just five. one Thursday show. Yeah. Well, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or yeah, some show right. like that. Right. You but it's like the first one. You got, you got three others to make up, dude. You got to give the under something to do, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That understudy's understudy. been working hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, like, <laughs> we'll see. This is kind of crazy and unrelated, but I did just think up a change to the the contract uh, for the Howling Salt Mine. <laughs> no musical. Super, <laughs> super unrelated. Super really. To where yeah. no one can do any extracurricular it activities d- that aren't podcasts. It doesn't need to say that. It just <laughs> needs to say no musicals. It doesn't have much to do with what we're talking about now, but it, it is kind of like an interesting little change that I think I think two of us will really like. <laughs> <laughs> I think according to article, you know, whatever section, nope. whatever, it <laughs> says that it's real. unanimous votes. <laughs> yeah, I think we could twist your arm enough with, with the guilt. <laughs> This is maybe true. Yeah, if I got you to stop playing Archfiend of Ifnir, then I can I can I can get you to <laughs> get me to stop change. doing musicals. <laughs> Debatably a harder sell, yeah. You can still do them. You just can't do them on Thursdays. And mm-hmm. and I'm not breaking the news to Nick that you can't do it on Tuesdays. And if this episode is the first time he hears about <laughs> that you won't be playing with us on Tuesdays for like eight months. Again, we got to see if I get in, what role I get if I get saying, in. Just I won't saying. lie. I don't mean to be a dick, but I'm definitely going to get in. There's no way I don't get in. We but like, know. <laughs> we know this. We know this, I'm like, Tony. you're acting like that's news. Oh, like, yeah, you're acting like there's a chance that you won't have all of your time taken up by this. Well, if people don't know what this is... <laughs> Go back in the show. There's like some episode. We we have a wiki now. Oh shit, we have a wiki now. Let, let, let's talk about that in a minute. I still want to focus on Tony. We got to lambast Tony for this shit. <laughs> the patrons know because there's a long stray grains about us being really mad at Tony for, for joining a musical back when he was the Cat in the Hat. Oh man, Tony. it'll be fine. In theory, tonight or tomorrow, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> wow you were gonna wait to tell us until you were in yeah well, you literally weren't I gonna might tell not me. do it so like <laughs> we're fucking business partners man <laughs> exactly and so until it affects the business i don't need to say anything <laughs> yeah because we're not friends yeah <laughs> exactly we are business partners exclusively <laughs> you're not gonna say anything until it's too late for us to have any input <laughs> Mike knew, technically. Yeah, but I didn't fucking know. I think only because I made a joke about it and you were like, well... Because well, oh. we were gonna, we were trying to play. It was the day we were playing Baldur's yes. Gate. Oh, I had an audition that night. Oh my exactly. god. Fucking know, betrayal. It's fine. it's fine. Betrayal. Oh my god. You guys reacted the same way last time and it did not affect <laughs> the podcast at all. But the time before that it did. <laughs> this is a lie. 
Lies. So we have a wiki now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have a wiki now, folks. So enter in any episodes you know Tony is gone for a musical in. Uh, Tony, isn't this enough acting for you? Just hanging out with us each week, pretending that we're (laughs) close friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're right. What am I doing? What am I fucking doing? Get back in character, dude. Get back in character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the hatred is starting to peek through. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so blind. So, uh, yeah, we have a wiki. We'll talk about it more in the next episode when I'm in the right headspace. <laughs> but we have a wiki. You can check it out. Uh, uh, Nick was kind enough to rip it open for us. And what a hero. Shout out to our patron, Spooky20. <laughs> Nick just like DM'd us one day and was like, hey, someone named Spooky20 is making changes to the wiki. Should we let the Patreon Discord know about it? So shout out to you, Spooky Twenty, for fucking sneaking in there and finding it on your own. First, he was like, "Do we know them, yeah. <laughs> or is it just like an internet troll?" <laughs> but that was like, we "Yeah, did. I built the Secret Santa deck for them." Like, <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, check that out. What is salt, Sam? I <laughs> what salt, Sam? <laughs> Uh, that was a good audition. I don't know. I mean, you might get a call back <laughs> for it. Suck. I don't know if you really you got right the lead. The yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could be an understudy for it for sure. Mm, cool. If, cool, you, cool. if you go back a few episodes, Pat gave us a couple takes that were pretty fire. Yeah, Pat so. is fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to remind everybody that you two have not met yet. Pat and I? Yeah. Did you meet yet? I don't think I've like, ever I seen him in person. Like we, I mean, we've recorded an episode together. So if that's that counts okay. as meeting, yeah. yes, but I have never. That's fair. That is, I've never fair. seen him in the flesh, nor do I want to. Whatever. Fuck Pat. <laughs> uh, Pat's fucking great. Dude. I forgot you, that you guys had recorded him. an episode. That's the thing is like, once you meet Pat, you're going to. You're just gonna be obsessed, dude. You're gonna love Pat. He's he's got a great energy. Okay, what's annoying? Cut this recording, Sam. Is that I already know that I'm obsessed with Pat. So, like, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> reel it yeah, back in. It's Fuck actually Pat. the intro. That guy yeah, sucks. Yeah, get back I don't in even character. know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man! All right, let's fucking get into it. Let's fucking get into it, guys. We got to move okay, past we, this. We need to. It. <laughs> Tony. Oh, what's all? Well, I, I said it. I thought you were just going to define it or get into the mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we had to redefine. I, I apologize. We we do have to go back. Salt is when you work really hard on a podcast. Uh, You set it up. You know, you got a good contract written up. You got really good commitment from like half of your co-hosts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and another one would rather be a cat in a hat, quite frankly, <laughs> than a prospector in a mine. <laughs> no i'm just teasing you tony i i love you and i support your endeavors uh salt is frustration in the game folks <laughs> now that we're on air <laughs> it's real nice it is uh. an umbrella term uh as we like to say it is really anything in the game of magic that gets you frustrated that gets you a little bit annoyed generally when we're talking about commander and edh it's like a power imbalance at the table or somebody bringing a social vibe that is a little bit weird and kind of throws you off the game and takes you out of that like immersion in your fun. It's somebody, you know, dropping a deck that's a little bit too overpowered for what you talked about in your pregame conversation. Maybe it's somebody who just wins with a combo in a lower power pod 
and you don't really have a way to interact or stop it. Or maybe it's somebody, and this is a new one, guys. I haven't talked about this. Maybe it's somebody who is playing CDH with you, and they brought a budget CDH deck. And that can cause some salt because you expect certain decks in CDH to have certain mm -hmm. cards, to have certain powerful spells, to be able to compete, to be able to interact. And sometimes you rely on that. Sometimes you rely on the blue player having a force of will. And if they only have a two blue costing counterspell and no free counterspells, you know, that's going to cause some salt. And, and we're going to talk about salt from the small grains to the full shakers. And we talk about it so that we learn from the salt and are less salty in a future game, hopefully. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Still hasn't really stuck for us. I don't know if we've gotten more salty. We've had like times where we've become more salty. I think it's calmed down a little bit now, but you know, <laughs> it, it still happens. I, I don't track their games as much anymore. So uh, the record does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> we track it a little bit. I track like every third game, probably. I appreciate that. Yeah, Mostly yeah. I've just freed myself from uh, yeah. the tracker. I'm, I'm just employing more of a random sampling technique. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Get all the games that you win. Yeah, <laughs> they're randomly sampled. <laughs> well, all right. Well, should we get into it, guys? Let's get into the mine. Let's yeah, do take it. Take me down. Tony, I really do love you and I support you. And I, I know you got the best interest in the pod. <laughs> He's just saying it, people. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is cut. I can't have a sincere moment on the podcast. Dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're going to be like, who is this guy? What is this character? <laughs> So this first story is a website submission from our lovely website, HowlingSaltMine.com or the HowlingSaltMine.com. And this one comes to us from our buddy James. And the post is titled Small Pod Salty Confessional. And the story goes, Dear Saltmine Foreman, I have a story I wanted to share from the early days of my magical gathering. Ooh. I was introduced to magic late in college. Being someone that loves board games and the complexity they bring, magic was love at first sight. I can remember thinking Platinum Imperion was the most broken card possible. That's because it is. Yeah, it is still pretty <laughs> broken. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much that after graduation, I introduced it to a couple of friends. We will call them Zach Galifianakis and Sean Connery. Nice. Hell yeah. Thanks for fucking catching the vibe, James. We appreciate that shit, man. And we started playing on a weekly basis. We would hit up the LGS to play some standard Theros block. But for the most part, we were in a pretty insular play group of just the three of us playing piles of chaff style meta for fun. Then one day, Zach Galifianakis shows up and says, I made a deck I want to try out on you guys and won't tell us what is in it. Turns out he constructed a Maze's End deck with Guardian of the Gateless and Hold the Gates to basically lock out any chance of taking him out via combat damage. Suddenly, he was holding a deck that countered all of our weak-ass decks, even playing 2v1. We played a handful of games that night, and he didn't lose. Sean Connery, Ooh. unlike his namesake, is pretty much a pacifist, but I was frothing <laughs> at the mouth with salt. We were a small, casual pod, mostly just playing decks assembled out of the cards we had, but Zach Galifianakis had broken open the dam to constructed deck play. So I headed home, I took that salt, and I let it fuel my research. What's the best solution to non-combat-based victory tied to lands? Motherfucking land destruction, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not just your vanilla land destruction. I'm looking for some serious targeted land destruction tech. I find my friend Liquid Metal Coating. 
and it's off to the races assembling a gruel artifact destruction destruction themed deck. <laughs> Next time we go get together, I have a deck of my own to show him. Zach Galifianakis plops out his Maze's End deck, and we shuffle up and draw. Turn three, I drop Liquid Metal Coating and pop one of his lands. He starts to sweat, the salt beginning. Turn four, I drop a Daze of Calamity on him, and being behind in lands, I close him out. Zachary G is so visibly irritated that I built and bought a deck just to shut him out, but he doesn't want to let it go, so we go again. This time, I pull up the Pièce de Résistance. Turn four, I cast Splinter on one of his gates, and he scoops and says he is done for the night. <laughs> the next time we played, he had slotted in some artifact destruction into his deck, and it was much more balanced to fair, because frankly, the deck was only ever mediocre. Do I feel remorse for aiming to cause such salt? Not a chance. Nothing can take away the sweet, sweet taste of turning salt tides back on him that night. Oh, man. There are some <laughs> Thanks, <Jim>. absolute gems <laughs> of spicy cards in here, too. <laughs> yeah, should we should we hit some and just yeah, read some for folks? Yeah, absolutely. For the, the fun of it, man? Absolutely. I, I've got Splinter up, which is the last one mentioned. Yeah, hit us. Hit us with and, that. And I think he liquid metal coating to a basic and then hit it with Splinter. Is that what it said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Splinter says, remove target artifact from the game. Search its controller's graveyard, hand, and library for all cards with the same name as that <laughs> oh, artifact and remove God. them from the game. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so <laughs> awful. I did it's not so... realize that was that bad when I read it. <laughs> what brutal. a delight. It's like, it's so irrelevant in the commander format. <laughs> but if you liquid metal coating a basic, it suddenly becomes significantly more relevant. That's I so funny. Would scoop. I would fucking scoop to that shit. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't scoop? You literally can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Days of Calamity, also hilarious. It's a five mana... 6-6 six, six, trample, and when it deals 6 or more damage to an opponent, destroy target land that player controls. Yeah, Ooh. and that one is 5 hybrid gruel mana. That's in the Shadowmore cycle of like, um, I don't know what they called those, like avatars? It's like the mm -hmm. they're basically like guild avatars for, yep. for lack of a better term. This reminds me of when you Mike, brewed a single target land destruction themed deck <laughs> and brewed it <laughs> And showed it to me, Tony, and Nick. And we were like, you better not play that. <laughs> and you were like, you guys are fucking telling me what kind of decks I can play and what I can't play. And we were like, I mean, you can play it, but like, it's not going to be fun for any of us. And, and thankfully, you never built it. But <laughs> Yeah, and then Nick built Tiny Bones. <laughs> yeah, and fucking closed shop after two games, man. That deck was bad. Yes. <laughs> Another funny card mentioned was, uh, what was the angel named? Guardian of the Gateless. Can block any number of creatures. It gets plus one, plus one for each creature it's blocking. So, like, if you're running just an all one, one counter strategy, this is just blocking all of your stuff every single turn and living. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I love this story, man. Like, this is, obviously there's salt here, but there's some sugar here, too. There, there's this moment in, like, early magic metas and, you know, it's something that like Tony and I kind of lived through together, where when you have these insular kitchen table metas, there's always a point where the arms race begins. Yeah. And you can kind of look back on it and be like, what's the moment where we all went from building chaff decks to building like decks that are teching hard against each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's just beyond just like the cards that are available to you. Like 
all of a sudden you realize, oh, we can just like construct decks, like real yeah. decks. Yeah. Like not just I've got a fucking, you know, four or five for six that I'm like playing because it was the best thing in the box. Right. And I feel like I do distinctly remember it happening and like starting to do that. And it, it always started with like one or two cards for, for me. Like, and it was definitely TCG player. Like I feel like one of my roommates discovered TCG player. Cause again, this was like a, a while back when it wasn't like so rampant. Yeah. And they just came to fuck one night. And we were like, what the <laughs> fuck is this deck? Like, where did you get all these cards? And he's like, TCG player, man. <laughs> like, He just ordered like fucking 50 cards and just like slotted some things into his decks. And then all of a sudden we were like, what? Uh, and then the arms race began. Like that was literally what happened. <laughs> It is great. I remember it in my group. So my my like group, you know, Tony and I played together and I played with his roommates, but my like OG magic group was me, my roommate Juan and my roommate Andre and our friend Adam. And then a couple of like people who lived upstairs from us. So we all were getting into magic. I had this like Boros deck I was really into and it was like OG Ravnica, you know, Boros Guild Mage, like Thundersong Trumpeter, uh, Boros Swift Blade, like just kind of these like bad cards. But to me, the synergy was like insane. Right. Yeah. And Juan went home for like winter break or something and came back with his childhood magic card deck. And he had a mirror deck that was affinity for artifacts. So it was like our first time seeing anything from Mirrodin and anything affinity for artifacts. And it wasn't like crazy, but he, you know, was playing like mana dorks, which Back in the day of just mana creatures and no removal, which is pretty much the meta we were living in, like like any ramp was insane. Yeah. It was like, one, why is that even a slot in your deck? Two, holy shit, he's casting something huge on turn four. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. I've never seen tech like this. And, you know, he's got like frog mites in there and other affinity for artifact things. So I slotted a card in to tech against him. And it's not even a good card. I slotted in Metal Fatigue, so it's an instant. It costs two and a white, and it just says tap all artifacts. And like, <laughs> it would go to his turn, and in his upkeep, I'd cast Metal Fatigue and tap all of his artifacts, and he only ran artifact land, and it would tap all of his creatures. Like, everything was an artifact. <laughs> so he would just, he couldn't cast anything that turn. He couldn't attack with any creatures, and then he was just fully open to attack. And it was like... You know, it was it, it was like I was dropping a winter orb, dude. It was like yeah. the saltiest play. <laughs> right. Are you fucking teching against me, man. And I'm like, yeah, I got your secret sauce right here. Fuck. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, it's just so funny. And now I look at those cards and I'm like, I would never play those. Those are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because you see it and you're just like, this literally doesn't do anything in any scenario except for this singular scenario. Yeah. And it really does it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Land destruction is totally a thing like that, too. Like, we talk a bit about how there's a taboo about land destruction in EDH, but it is exactly what it is. It's a silver bullet for a kind of like not super super common strategy that that sometimes has stuff that it's trying to do especially single target land removal like land wipes there's enough like land fall decks and stuff that people sometimes try and justify mm -hmm. land wipes but very few people are out here running i feel like single target land removal yeah you guys heard it here mike's trying to justify blowing up your lands that's why uh, i just want to blow your lands up <laughs> <laughs> i just i just want to 
wasn't it on Svella? Wasn't it on the Kaldheim legend? Or was it a different person that I was trying to make that land destruction deck with? Uh, I think it was Svella. <laughs> I think it was Svella, which is more yeah. fucked because you were just going to ramp out of Because I was just going to make rocks and then just like make rocks and then blow up all your lands. <laughs> One of the problems personally that I have with single target land destruction is that the spells are so high costed for what they actually do. Like, yeah. I feel like on average, single target land destruction is like a four mana spell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some that are three, but I'll, I think most of it is four and higher. And that rate is just shit, man. Yeah, like, I don't want to cast that for the actual effect that you get, which generally has the added bonus of just really pissing someone off. It's like, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to dump four to five mana to just make an enemy for the entire game and get yeah. like a teeny bit of value. For the entire night. It's not the, just the game, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe longer, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe longer, too. I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I also think that, like, when it comes to land destruction, honestly, I really like what James suggested here. Like, going at it from the direction of artifact destruction, but turning mm-hmm. lands into artifacts, that's a really cool way of cheating the high cost that comes with single target land destruction usually. and of removing every single land out of your opponent's deck yeah you hear, you heard it here first folks splinter. good way of doing it splinter pretty damn good at getting yeah. rid of a bunch of basics fucking gross man that's that's an old kamigawa card i remember when that was printed i i pulled that from a pack oh my god fucking pretty spicy though you know <laughs> i mean not not very good in edh but pretty spicy i mean maybe if you've got a rats player in your meta <laughs> yeah or like a dragon's approach play oh well yeah, that would not work. even but yeah it's like it's like only for seven dwarves relentless, <laughs> seven dwarves relentless rats. rats players yeah <laughs> what um what do we think about the salt rating here on this one it's got to be high i cannot imagine that zach had a good time <laughs> losing a land every turn or just getting just getting wrecked by land destruction yeah yeah it's hard to not call this a sugar break just because it gives me so many fond memories of these moments in my own group. Mm-hmm. But going back in time, in the moment, when you're new to magic and someone plays something that is just such a hard counter against what you're doing, it is so salt-inducing. <laughs> I mean, even when you're like not new to magic... <laughs> Yeah, and you're yeah, like I mean, good at magic, and like that happens. It still sucks. Your friend comes in with a fucking Yasharn deck, so that you none of your decks work anymore. <laughs> you're fucking salty about it. Yasharn <laughs> was me telling you to build some other kind of deck. Yeah, and you know what you have done since then? Build, build other, other kinds, kinds of, of decks. decks. Yeah. So I I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I was in Zach Alphanax's boots. I would be salty and justifiably salty, but to be fair, Zach brought the fucking lockout deck to the party first and was the first yeah. person to bring the gun to the knife fight. So yeah. when you show up next time and someone else has a gun, I don't think you can really be like, I don't know. I mean, you can be salty and you will be salty, but it is justified. I mean, Zach just set them free. They didn't even know. They didn't even know they wanted to be freed, but he did it. It's the thing, yeah. He, he pulled by them out totally of the trapping and them. put them into the pond, you know? Yeah. <laughs> by totally trapping them, he actually freed them. So. Yeah. It's like a hamster that escapes outside and realizes the world is huge. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's huge, but it's dangerous. <laughs> oh, How about man. another? 
Yeah, let's fucking do it. That, that was a good one, man. That was a great one. Uh, so this next one comes to us. This is another website submission, and this one comes to us from our buddy Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. And this post is titled Sewing Salt, and it is S-E-W-I-N-G salt. Hmm. Sewing it. Hmm. Is that typical sewing spell? I guess well, it is. to sew salt would be like S-O-W, right? Yeah. But yeah. to like sew, I'm knitting. Well, not knitting, yeah. but sewing. You're, you're embroidering a <laughs> a salt <laughs> crystal. I'm envisioning either this. Is this a typo? This is going to have, have some. Well, I was going to say this is either me. going to be about sewing clothing in some way, shape, or form, or we're shitting on this person for spelling it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> or it's just yeah, or it's just typing. Uh, yeah. Either way, Anthony, we love you. Sorry, I also make many typos in my life. Um, yo, uh, quick aside, Loki. I feel like I can't type on my phone anymore without making like a billion typos. Anyone else in that same camp? Um, I've been in that camp for a while, but the real problem comes when I don't have autocorrect. <laughs> Did you turn it off? No, but like sometimes you'll be in certain apps or things and it's just not as good or or, or like different. Yeah, I feel like Discord falls flat. 50% of the time which has also shit. meant that like even in my real world like like word will autocorrect things as well all the time but like if I'm just typing I'm just like hitting garbled letters <laughs> yeah. and I'm like it'll get close enough and it usually does but anytime it doesn't I'm like shit how do I spell like what is English <laughs> anymore uh it's definitely a problem in my life I will not lie yeah same dude I, I have definitely become markedly stupider because of autocorrect <laughs> and typing on my phone it has rotted my brain just yeah. a weensy bit so should we be more forgiving when the other people typo now or should we be more aggressive to try and slap back down on that and correct it no definitely aggressive. do you want me raging at you every time you misspell word here Oh, no, 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 not at me. Yeah, not no. at me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm Got a it. perfect little angel boy, and I do nothing wrong. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind first and foremost. But <laughs> as a as a sissy player, you, you mean sissy? <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst. <laughs> it autocorrects to sissy every single time. Please, my every fucking name time. autocorrects to tiny every time. So, like, <laughs> yeah. yes, it does. It, it does. does. Oh my god, that is true. All right, well let's let's fucking get into it, guys. Let's get into the story. So, this is the story of me sowing the salt seeds and reaping the rewards. Okay, probably doesn't have much to do with sowing. You don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Commander Master's pre-release, and I'm stitching a tapestry. What? Get wrecked, bitch. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> I really wish it did. <laughs> it uh... It's Commander Master's pre-release night at my LGS. Some buddies and I had gone to the bar before the event started, and I felt a little cozy. Nice. Uh, it's a Commander draft night, and I end up making a Shirai and Inga deck with some sack outlets and recursion for my instants and sorceries. All in all, the deck has great interaction, but overall, it is kind of mid. Game one, I get paired against a Marin mirror match with a Gishath deck. Early on, people decide to leave me alone as their creatures lack evasion or trample. Because of this, everyone's set on dealing as much damage to each other as possible and leaving me for last. The entire time the other players are duking it out, I'm politicking and arguing why each player should target X or Y person, as an attack on me would be pointless. As life totals begin to dwindle more and more, people start eyeballing me as my health was comfortably sitting above 35. At this point, 
a Marin player swings at me with a giant creature with trample, causing me to slap down a reality shift. Before their end step, I sacrifice a creature and recur my reality shift, and everyone realizes swinging at me will be even more pointless until they can remove Shirai. Shortly after, it's just me, the Gashath player, and a reality shift in hand. With my life total still above 30, I exile Gashath and win the round. We shake hands, and the Gashath player says, Good game, though you only won because of politics. My deck was for sure better. I smile and say, Yeah, man, but what can you do? Before the next round. <laughs> that is such a great response. <laughs> yeah. What can you do, man? Yeah. I think it was on the last episode that Pat was on. He was like, what a magic player thing to say when you go, that deck that beat me sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect. Before the next round, I head back to the bar for a quick drink with some friends and laugh about a very tactical win. After our drink, we went back and I found out that I was potted up with the Gashath player again. The Gashath player smiles at me and says, now that I know your game plan, there's no way you're winning this round. The round starts and immediately I begin politicking with great success. Before long, I win the game exactly in the same way. <laughs> the Gashath player turns to me and says, I can't believe you won again with the sucky deck. Feeling stoked and a little buzzed, I laugh and retort, I mean, how did you fall for it twice? <laughs> <laughs> and just proceed to hit the gritty on him, soaking in all that glorious salt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's a great one, man. I love that. Oh, sorry, I was I thought there was gonna be more. I wanted <laughs> I wanted yeah. more. I wanted to retort from <laughs> the Gishoth player, but this is like great. <laughs> Dude, Pat made that joke, but it really is true. There's something about being a magic player and being like, man, this deck that beat me is trash and my deck is great and it should have won. You know, like what's up with that? I feel like even <laughs> if it's sometimes I feel like some it's people view it that way, but I feel like almost all of us want to look at the next like four cards and be like, uh, or like we look at what we have in our hands and we're like, I would have won, yeah. you know? I don't know if it's that we aren't accepting that we have already lost or if we're just like the taste of victory is so close. So we're just like, oh, man, I was going to do it. So clearly my deck is like better. Right. <laughs> or like, yeah, you're just trying mm. to impress yourself that your deck is good. It's not trash. Like, I don't know where it it comes from, but it's such a natural <laughs> thing to just be like, no. Yeah. yeah, you're trying to live in that other reality where you did win. Yeah, you know exactly. where they didn't play that card. Like I, I think we joke about it to like you know the furthest degree sometimes, where we'll be like, "Yeah, but if you didn't win the game, I would have won the game." But if I didn't lose, I was about to win. <laughs> yeah, I would have won the game if I got you to zero life, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's something that I've actually seen people on Twitter talking about trying to be more supportive of the winner after a magic game, because like, I know we all do it and we definitely do it in our group from time to time where we'll look at the top few cards. We'll look at what's in our hand, be like, ah, I almost had it. But that really does kind of take away from the winner's win. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I've, I've been seeing this thing that's sort of like, don't look at your hand. Don't explain how you were going to win. Don't look at the top four cards. Like celebrate the person who won and then pause and then like take a moment and be like, okay, 
what did other people have cooking in their hand? You know what I mean? Hmm, and then yeah. you can be like, you know, where were you going? Like, what was your strategy? And you can kind of have a more constructive conversation than just being like, ah, I was two turns away from winning this fucking bullshit, you know? Well, one of the challenging things in Commander is that the end of the game is staggered for people sometimes. Like, someone yeah. can die in advance. It's really hard to get excited to celebrate the win of someone that might happen in 30 minutes <laughs> when you yeah. just got killed by, like, an 8-8 that they had out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I hear you. It is nice to celebrate the winner, but the definitely the reaction can sometimes come to you. It's not even that time. There's only loss that has happened. There hasn't yeah, been a victory sure. at the same time. <laughs> I like what you were saying, Sam, about, you know, give them a chance to have the win and then talk about it. Because even when I do win, I do like hearing about, oh, how somebody was almost going to pop off and do something else. And it's yeah, like, me too. Because yeah. in, in part, it's also an element of like, okay, well, I still was like a little bit faster. So like, and yeah. and it's kind of like now I know next time. All right, well I definitely won't leave you alone because if your deck's gonna do that like a turn <laughs> after I was about to win, then I should definitely crush you sooner. But uh, yeah, it is like fun knowing what, what what could have been at the same time. You, but like you want to be able to like have a moment to be like, okay, but I what I won. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it also gives you a chance to celebrate the decks that didn't get to pop off but might have had something in hand that was really cool that's a little bit more intentional than them just being like yeah but i almost just won because i had this and i had that and you're like okay like calm down dude yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> trim the neck beard and settle down like <laughs> which again i'm guilty of doing like like i feel like we're all guilty of that yeah we all grow the neck beard like a werewolf under a full moon for a brief moment and mm. and really explain that shit to another person <laughs> you know i think being a little bit more intentional with that stuff is, is like cool and interesting hell yeah before we move off this post i do want to read some of these cards because i don't think i'm familiar with this like shirai card that they're talking about oh is it just shizu's caretaker yeah okay okay all right folks we just got to the bottom of it i don't know if that audio got left in it probably didn't it definitely did not <laughs> no. no it's way. not there anymore it's gone <laughs> but but we, we were just looking for shirai shira however you pronounce it not realizing that commander masters the draft form of it you could partner monocolored commanders so this was a shirai and inga deck with shirai shizu's caretaker and inga Inga Kringa, whatever the fuck her name is. Inga Runeyes. Real quick, I'll just read both of these. Inga Runeyes is three generic and a blue legendary creature human wizard. It's a 3-3. Three, three. When it E's TB, you scry three. Thank you. And when it L's to bells. Ooh. <laughs> you drop. That is a fresh innovation you've cooked <laughs> up there. I like that quite a bit. <laughs> you, it, it's actually not an LTB. It's just a die effect. But you, you draw three cards. <laughs> When it dies, you draw three cards if three or more creatures died this turn. Shirai, Shira, however you pronounce it. She's those caretaker. It's four and a black legendary creature spirit. Two, two. Whenever a creature with power one or less is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may return the card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step if Shirai is still on the battlefield. So with the creatures that they were talking about, you could definitely get a nice little lock going there. Uh, with some removal. So I've seen these Shirai decks like pop off, just monocolored black Shirai decks. And dude, they do some fucking crazy stuff, man. Like the value engine is insane. Truthfully, 
I'm surprised Tony hasn't built a deck like this yet. <laughs> because you're literally like sacking all of your creatures every single turn on every single person's turn, getting value, making them discard, drawing cards, draining them a little bit, and then you get everything back and then you do it again. It's just like an engine. Really cool card. The shitty Sabra deck that I played against you the other day is a secret commander Shirai deck. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. It's very cool. It can do some really oh, cool shit. Wow. Tony likes that. For yep. sure. <laughs> you know, I know you're serious about it when you use the third person. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely how I function. Because that's also a delayed trigger, right? Yeah. 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 So even if the, the yep. danger is that your commander gets removed while all those sacks are on the stack, like that's the way to disrupt it. But it's really not hard to just play like boots or a cloak or something like give a shroud hexproof, however, you know, and then sure. the deck just really pops off. I don't think you get shut out by removal. They'd have to kill Shirai before the sack goes off. You can sack the creature, but you can respond to the trigger and kill Shirai because part of the sh trigger resolving is that Shirai has to still be in play. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Never mind. This card's lame. It's trash. It's not even good. <laughs> you goober so it does have some like fragility there but it's very powerful because you guys won't let me just fucking do it you'll start removing it all the time so that's why i say it's trash i mean it's too easy to get fucked with so you know just build it good did you consider that <laughs> have you thought about that don't say that be careful what you wish for <laughs> yeah that's fair fair point yeah that's true mana crypt vamp tutor it's yeah. a casual list <laughs> seems casual to me <laughs> <laughs> what do we think about the salt rating here on this one i don't think we ever quite wrapped it up yeah we we didn't i i love it man it's fucking i love just a player being like yeah you with that fucking trash deck and then you just <laughs> fucking hit him with it again Ooh, that's some good salt man i hope that person was salty and then you hit the fucking gritty you widowy hit the gritty on the <laughs> cool. gashath player it is pretty great in a draft too because it is a little bit more of a test of your deck building. Yeah. You're like impromptu deck building ability as well. I feel like draft is definitely a time where people are more comfortable talking shit about a deck list <laughs> a little bit. Because if it's like constructed, it's kind of like sad a little bit to like rag on someone's <laughs> deck building. But if it's limited, you're like, maybe you're just saying that they got bad luck, but you're also saying that they put it together badly. Yeah, it's it's really like, you know, you've drafted the wrong cards, you've poorly built a deck. Like there, there's a lot of things that can go into making a bad draft deck. Um, I didn't get a chance to draft Commander Masters, and I'm a little bit bummed about that. It does seem like it would have been fun. Mm. But it's so fucking expensive. Mm. That's a different kind of salt, though. For sure. Shall we move on to the third post there, chums of mine? Let's Hell do it. Hell yeah. All right. So this next post comes to us from Reddit. And this one comes to us from our friend Savage Galaxy 101. We've had a few stories from Savage, and we appreciate continuing to get them. And this post is titled Sunday Salt. If you do see Savage Galaxy around the subreddits, you know the drill. Spread the goodwill. I was about to crush you so hard if you started that post and didn't say I that. know. I saw the look <laughs> I was in like your ready eye. For it. I, was I like... saw the look in your eye. <laughs> and the story goes Avast, ye salty dogs. I have some salt to share for my most recent Sunday EDH day. I was playing with two regulars, Bling Bling and Gen, and a new player, hereby named Mil Tun, 
<laughs> nice. Very nice. A pun there. I like that. On mono red stompy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this player is new to the LGS and asked to join after the game that we were playing. We cleaned up that game quickly enough and got Milton in on the action. In this new game, Milton was playing Phoenix. None of the other commanders were relevant for this game. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Once Milton played his commander pretty late game, I had offhandedly stated what his devotion was for my knowledge and the table. Since Milton hadn't stated it, Milton responded aggressively with, I do know how to play this game. I became a bit defensive, assured him I wasn't trying to say he didn't know how, but to benefit myself and others unknowing the board state. We moved on after some awkward looks around the table. The next turn rotation, something on Milton's board gets beast within by bling bling, and Milton has no idea what this card is or does. Not to say players should know every card, but Beast Within feels like a commonly known card. Maybe his meta's never used it? A turn later, Bling Bling plays Propaganda, another card Milton is bewildered by. No idea what this card is either. We explained both in detail. On Milton's next turn, he attacks into Propaganda, entirely forgetting it exists. We re-explain the card and have him re-declare his attacks. Something was leading me to believe that this guy didn't know how to play the game, but I wasn't so sure. Something... Yeah, something, some, <laughs> something, some giving me a some little hint, subtle clues, you some, know, yeah, some context clues. Yeah, let's get some fucking uh, detectives from Karlov Manor to fucking suss out these clues. Am yeah. I right, guys? Topical mm. jokes. Are you right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a game later, I was sitting out. And Bling Bling was playing Ur Dragon and had Morphon and Hakon on the board and presented a nasty loop of being able to cast Nameless Inversion from his grave infinitely. Milton was flabbergasted by this and kept questioning how after multiple explanations. He couldn't understand how an instant could be all these creature types and not get exiled when it resolved. I don't blame him for not initially understanding, but after the turn comes back to him, Milton plays a creature passes the turn, and his creature gets killed by Nameless Inversion. Milton is befuddled once more. His voice was frustrated and raised throughout his entire interaction, and he left promptly after the conclusion of the game. I still don't know if he knows how to play the game, and I don't blame him. This game is wacky most of the time. I do recognize my stories have some length. Insult, we mine, savage. <laughs> I love that insult we mine. Insult we mine is good, dude. That's a good, That's great. Little, good little catchphrase there. I That's like powerful. That. I like that. It is. <laughs> Man, Milton, I think we've all either been or encountered the player that doesn't want to be corrected, but also needs some help with corrections. You know what I mean? Mm. To be so spicy when somebody is like, oh, Phoenix, this is your devotion phoenix is probably this right now like oh it's not it's not a creature yet it's still an enchantment whatever and to be so grumpy about that and then like need a lot of help with other cards and mechanics like i get it man it's a complicated game you know i think you want to show that you know what you're doing and not seem like a newbie sometimes you just got to accept the help that others offer you, you yeah know? if you are maybe approach it with a little bit of humility yeah mm. But man, the second someone snaps at me like that, I'm like, I don't want to fucking help you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's not even a want anymore. It's just an, okay. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why it lands for me. I don't need to put any effort into this anymore. Yeah. 
have either of you like experienced this kind of a thing? I don't know if I've experienced it in magic, but I've definitely experienced this in like tabletop miniature war games. Like I used to play War Machine Hordes. I've definitely talked about it on the show before. You think magic is complicated. Fucking tabletop war games, man, are insanely complicated. Yeah, yeah, It's like it's like playing chess, 200 chess pieces, and they all have individual rules and they're not written down. And you just need to like kind of know it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, at least yeah, magic, yeah. you could read the card and hopefully it explains what the card does. But in, in these tabletop games, it's all like in codexes that you have yeah. on the side, right? Yeah. Or you have like a small reference card, but it doesn't explain like everything. And yeah. there's a lot of like shorthand and stuff. So, and you got to have your tape measure handy. I remember you telling me about it once. <laughs> like literally people, like you're like, you're measuring out on the battlefield how far your fucking person Dude, can move and shit. Yes. And like, exactly. I yeah. feel like a turn in that must take like fucking 10 years. Yes. I mean, you said it's like a four hour game or some bullshit, right? Isn't it like long? Sometimes it'd be pretty long, but I would play tournaments that had timed turns, like chess clocks. Yeah. So you would have like an hour to play the game fully on your side of the table and your opponent would have an hour and you had to I thought like, you were about to be like, you have an hour for your turn. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> but like an hour total in such a complex game, like you got to execute fucking fast, man. And yeah. you know, you talk about measuring and like someone's measuring not correctly from their base. And you have to be like, ah, actually this is how you measure. Yeah. And tensions are high and people are getting frustrated because it's a tournament and we're playing competitively and you know th- there's just a lot of salt that was happening then with like disagreements and shit like that mm. and you don't want to walk in and seem like you're new and like you're going to get taken advantage of or steamrolled and stuff like that and i think that is a really hard place to be because you know it's hard to be like vulnerable with strangers and to be like hey i'm new to this and i don't really get what's going on here and you want to seem like you know what you're doing. And sometimes you just obviously do not know what you're doing. You yeah. know, yeah. it's about being okay with that. Like what you sort of said before, but I, I do find that in general, I feel like magic tables are like really good about that. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are just like new. Like, I feel like it's a thing where anytime I go to a convention, anytime I even play just like in an LGS out in the wild or something, I feel like I constantly interact with people who like don't have that much experience or are new. And I think it's pretty natural that the whole table will generally just be like, okay, cool. And like, be chill about it. And like, yeah. but just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's what I meant by like, you know, have a little humility. It's like, if, if you're coming in as a, as a new person to the game, you're doing a disservice to the table a little bit, but also really to yourself by not just like accepting that you don't know some stuff. And if you don't know things, you need to rely on the other people at the table to teach it for you. Unless you're like, googling stuff on the side on your phone Mm. the entire time you know to try and catch up and that's not gonna happen fast enough so (laughs) yeah just pulling up your primer on the side and like fucking ripping through it (laughs) i definitely haven't done that with cdh games ever trying to read the rulings on dredge (laughs) (laughs) i feel like you haven't played it since are you just like goldfishing it constantly or you just Uh, harassing me about dredge (laughs) i played it a fair bit when we did the secret santa event yeah you you played it all day so i tried to make some changes to it right after we played like the first time like i just made them on a moxfield list then i played again with people on the the secret santa day without the changes and i was like oh all the cards that i cut because i was like this card doesn't matter <laughs> when i was making changes all critical 
all critical <laughs> pieces of the deck. <laughs> so I, I really, really just deleted that and restarted with the initial list that you'd given me and was like, maybe I'll make some more subtle changes first. Nice. Nice. Uh, nice, nice. So I mean, good. I was only asking because you you keep bringing up the dredge piece. Yeah, so I'm mostly like... bringing it up because I still can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> I mean, you're one of my smartest magic friends, so figured oh, you could handle you. it. Oh, you know what? I take any any upsetness angstitude out of the equation on that i'm glad you corrected angstitude out yeah (laughs) so what do we think about the salt rating here this would be pretty high salt for me Mm. like not full shaker but definitely like two heaping spoonfuls if i had like a random person sit down in my pod and it seemed like they didn't know cards and I was trying to help them and they were being like prickly with that advice. There's like no way for me to disengage fucking faster yeah. with that social interaction, man. Yeah. Like if you're not going to respect me for trying to help you out in this collaborative game that we're playing, then like, why am I even going to try, man? And like, yeah. it's such a common thing. There's so many sets printed these days. I'm constantly seeing cards that I just am not familiar with. I don't know what they do. It's yeah. so easy to be like, what does that do? What does that card do? And just ask the questions. And to be like so huffy and grumpy and like off-putting with it, I don't know, man. Like you're just you're just kind of asking to have a bad time. Like yeah. you're yeah. gonna have a bad time and you're gonna make other people have bad times. Exactly. For we sure. we talk a lot about people being rude to new players as like a huge pet peeve like you want everybody getting into the game to have a fun enjoyable time but that is a little bit trumped by if someone is being really rude and prickly and off-putting towards you it's going to be hard to continue enjoying a game with them so yeah you don't have to keep helping them you can you can kind of accept that this is not going to be a positive part of the game and and look for a different table yeah i feel like i know it's the wrong thing but my interaction would probably definitely be like, okay, and then I'd do everything I could to crush them. Yeah. And then I also, <laughs> when they did something wrong, I'd be like, actually, no, that's fucking wrong. Like, yeah. I don't know well, that's you. what they that's had to do with works, the propaganda but... situation. I know. It's yeah. like, that's a straight up like illegal action if yeah. you're not paying, you know? Yeah. That's the problem with that shit. With propaganda, like you said, it is just an illegal action. You have to be like, no, you can't do that. You have to take it back. That's why Ward is kind of great. Because yep. if somebody does stumble into it, you'd be like, well, that spell's countered now. And they'd yeah. be like, oh, well, can I take it back? It's like, well, you actually can't take this back. With yeah. propaganda, you have to take it back. Like, if yeah. you don't have the mana to pay, you yeah. absolutely have to take back the action. Yeah. You know? Which is always an interesting fine line when that shit happens, when it's like literally an action that you can't do. Yeah, you cannot you, do you it. You have to like try and, uh, and when you miss that shit and have to try and wind it back, like, uh That's the gross. thing that happens with like Lavinia Azorius Renegade all yeah. the time. Because it's like if you cast something that has zero mana cost or is free, it gets countered. But if you cast something that it, a cast a non-creature spell that has CMC higher than the amount of lands you have, you just cannot do it. So there's this weird distinction just on one card where if you do one thing, it gets countered. If you do the other thing, you just say, oops, sorry, and put it back in your hand and rewind. And it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Maybe this is a hot take. I kind of wish more magic cards had harsher consequences for stumbling into them you know what i mean (laughs) maybe like if you couldn't pay for propaganda your creatures just gets a stun counter and it's tapped and it can't untap i feel like the easier thing is just like whatever it is is just exiled 
so that like in all scenarios if you do a thing like the spell is just exiled the creature is just exiled like whatever it is (laughs) it's just gone that'd be so brutal (laughs) it would be brutal but like it would probably like make stuff happen less yeah those moments would truly learn today they they truly test your play group's acceptance of take backs too yes because We've talked about this with like the board wipe that kills things don't move, I think, that kills yeah, things when, when they, they tap. tap or like all kinds of these other like gotcha effects. They're really tough because if people are even remotely OK with take backs for things that are like, oops, just kind of like a normal mistake, then hmm. you have to be like, OK, but they that does not apply to these things where the intention is for you to kind of misplay into it. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're getting like off topic and onto other things, but it's just kind of like that game of Sometimes you don't want to point out the thing because you want to get them with the gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I didn't see it. And you're like, yeah, but that's kind of the point. Like, that's the know. point. Gotcha, yeah. bitch. Like, it is, though. That's fucking like, gotcha. That's the whole like poker reading a thing of, of a situation. Mm-hmm. Like like magic has all these moments of like, you know, if your game knowledge is really deep, some of those things are like, do I play into the third you know, spell and get mind break trapped. And you're like yeah. thinking about this, you know, but if it's, if your magic knowledge is really shallow, it's like, do I remove this thing or not? And it might have ward and you're not looking at that, you know, it's just yeah. this like different level of complexity you can consider. Kazool mm. is a perfect example of a propaganda effect mm. that has actual consequences. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you have to pay three to attack into or two or three. I think it's three to attack into a player that has a Kazool Tyrant of the Cliffs. And if you don't, they get a 3-3 Ogre. And it's not a situation like Propaganda where you physically cannot attack them in the rules if you don't have the mana. Like, you can, but they're going to get a 3-3 blocker immediately and probably chump your shit and maybe kill a creature. General Marhal is kind of a similar effect, but he's in the command zone. Yeah. If anything blocks my creatures, it gets plus three, plus three. That was extra awkward, too, because sometimes you do feel, like, really compelled to, like, overly explain that thing to people yeah. like a little bit like when you play a kazool i feel like most people feel a little extra like honor bound to like read all of the text on the card mm-hmm. instead of just like play it so yeah. i mean i'll definitely read it all the first time i play it but i don't know how in the business i am of like reminding people with those types of effects because i i do think that there's an element of like you got to remember that shit. yeah you do yeah sometimes it's hard though because like a lot of magic gets played on webcam now right so it's like True. In in reality, I don't know about you guys, but like we show our board states. I don't really know them. Like they're like relatively clear. I guess like technology's gotten better, but when stuff gets complicated, it's it's hard to track like yeah. via this like small picture on my fucking you know screen. When I'm 20 minutes into an emoti cascade turn, you just yeah. gotta trust I'm doing my shit. Like that's definitely where it's at. I'm just like, whatever. Am I dead yet? Am I not? Yeah. Cool. My turn. I'm gonna go. And then when I go to swing at you, like, what the fuck is over there? Like, <laughs> this is the butt on my thing. Can it get through or not? Like, yeah, and I'm exactly. relying on you to be true to me. <laughs> but anyway, is it that time of the week? Ooh, oh, Tony. Hey. I think it is that huh. time of the week. Huh, That's good because be. I wasn't sure if we had done two or three yet. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of a legitimate question, but I'm glad it's that time of the week. <laughs> your, your instincts are correct. It's the time of the week that comes every week. Every week, baby. What what time is it? It's the time of the week where we say, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week this week is 
Some people say Commander is played much too fast. The games were better way back in the past. Let's slow it down and build up our boards. Then I'll attack you with my big creature hordes. You take 16 turns and what do you get? Another stalled board state that's about to reset. You better not board wipe cause I can't win. This is why I think Battlecruiser is a sin. And that was 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford, uh, requested by D. Beeson. Thanks, dude. Hell yeah. The way you started it, I thought it was going to be somewhere over the <laughs> rainbow. Yeah, you gave me a quizzical look at that, something. Tony. I'm surprised you don't know 16 Tons. That's like a classic barbershop song, sung by the Gas House Gang. It sounded familiar-ish, but... As much as I know a bunch of Barbershop, I don't know a bunch of... I don't know the classics as I'm I mean, supposed to. I know a couple episodes I dunked on you for singing Barbershop, but now I'm going to dunk on you for not knowing Barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you do not. Yeah. That's just how it be. That's Before how you knew be. too much, now you don't know enough. <laughs> <laughs> and if you did know enough, you would recognize that that was a fucking great parody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for the fucking great parody, Sam. Uh, <laughs> you know what, Mike? Thank you. I Thank you, dude. Fucking credit where credit's due. Thank you, man. The salty card of the week this week is Chains of Mephistopheles. Okay, have fun reading it to us, Mike. Oh, I, I've been dreaming of this moment should i read both i kind of want to read read like the original text and then read like gatherer whatever so the original text is every time a player draws a card that player must first discard a card from his or her hand if there are no cards in player's hand take top card from library and place it in the graveyard instead of drawing this enchantment does not apply to the first card drawn by a player during the draw phase. Okay, now read the English version. Here is mud. <laughs> <laughs> so the Oracle text version of it is, if a player would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, that player discards a card instead. If the player discards a card this way, they draw a card. If the player doesn't discard a card this way, they mill a card. All right, let me hit you all. I was, I'm still confused. <laughs> yeah, before we keep going with this and, and we really get into the salty card, this is one of those cards that the most common proxy version of it doesn't include card text. It actually has a small flow chart. <laughs> and the flow chart That's is awesome. actually really cleans up what the card does. Yes. So if you would draw a card, if it's your draw step, if it's the first card you've drawn, you draw a card. So simple. If it's not your draw step or it's not the first card you've drawn this turn, you have to check if you have any cards in your hand. If you don't have cards in your hand, you mill a card. If you do have cards in your hand, you discard a card and then you draw a card. So basically, like the crux of Chains of Mephistopheles is that when you draw a card, you actually need to discard a card first and then draw a card, except during the first card that you draw in a turn and except if you have no cards in hand, then you're just milling off the top. If you have any cards in hand, you go through your whole deck, right? No, no, no. 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 But you drew the card and and you had cards in your hand and there's so they're like discard a card and then draw a card. So doesn't it trigger it again? It's a one replacement effect. It's not triggered. Yeah, the draws that occur from Chains of Mephistopheles do not trigger Chains of Mephistopheles. Because there's no triggering going on at all. It's a, okay, it's a replacement okay, okay, effect. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. 
I understand that because I my brain was like, isn't it just happening over and over and over again? Like, <laughs> no, why? that would be wild. That would be wild. <laughs> yeah. Why would they waste so much text if it was just mill your entire deck? <laughs> this card makes me salty because people definitely play it and don't know how it works. And like, <laughs> it's already like com- fucking confusing as fuck. So why yeah. is anybody trying to play it? True. I've never seen this. I think I've heard of it because I think there's like combo shit with it is my assumption. But I don't think I like it. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think I like it. What a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's going to make my brain like hurt just to like explain how the fuck it works is like, come on, guys. What what are we doing? What are, how, yeah. how old is this card? Like what? Old. That old. I know. But I mean, like how old is old? Like, it is from Legends. What fuck set is that? Is that like seventh old. or something? Legends was printed in 1994. Oh, shit. This card is older than me. Oh, God. I just vomited <laughs> in my mouth. In June, this card will be 30 years old. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, well, Tony kind of had his turn. Yeah, yeah do Tony I get had my... his chance. Sam, how do you feel about Chains of Mephistopheles? Uh, so Chains gets me salty for two reasons. The first is just reading it and explaining it to people is so clumsy. Like, truly, I think Chains is one of the best arguments for proxies because that flowchart proxy is, like, (laughs) actually really, really useful. Like, the card becomes so much more easy to resolve when you have a flowchart on it. Well, yeah, I'm literally looking at it right now. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm, like, looking at this to be, like... It's so much easier when you see the the flowchart. You're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, it makes more sense for sure. That's really annoying. It is a reserveless card, which is frustrating, and that also means that it is a fucking $1,000 because it's only been printed once. Yeah. Right now it is $996.65 at the mm-hmm. moment of this episode recording. So it is one of those cards that is just like if you want it in a deck, you're probably proxying it. Or, or you just have the deepest, craziest collection. Yeah, or you just happen to have it. And I think the thing that really makes me salty with it is that because of those two things, like there's a bit of exclusivity that comes with Chains of Mephistopheles because it's hard to read, because it's reserve list and it's so expensive. And at the end of the day, it's a great effect. It's a really awesome stacks piece for two mana. I wouldn't play it in casual. I would play it in CDH. There are some CDH decks that like want this kind mm-hmm. of effect. We're forcing people to draw and discard basically with every single time they draw. So it is a powerful effect, but because of all these other circumstances, it's hard to get the card. It's frustrating to play it. It's annoying to resolve it, and it adds length to a game when you do play with it because everybody is discarding and then drawing every single time they need to draw. So it just adds this extra decision point where you need to really evaluate what you want to discard before you draw, and it just makes it so clunky because it becomes very powerful when you force people to draw a lot of cards. (laughs) This must be in, like, sick Nekusar decks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like fucking well, sickos put this in like yeah, their Nekusar decks. That's the problem. Those situations are actually even sicker because most wheels say discard your hand or shuffle your hand or something back in. Yep. And then all those cards that you're drawing. Oh, you're not. You're milling. You do not have cards in hand. So you're just milling. You you're mill just them. milling those seven cards. Yeah. Savage. So it's replaced. So you don't get. Yeah, the... you don't get like the Nekusar. The Nekusar doesn't even want it. It's not even yeah. that good. True. <laughs> Nekusar sometimes doesn't want it, but anyone putting cards in graveyards does. 
Yeah, because it's it's symmetrical. So if you are on like a necromancy list or or some kind of like recursion list, for you, it's a great way to fill your graveyard with cards. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, Chains is probably even better these days because you could just impulse draw to actually like pseudo draw a card and not have to deal with chains mm -hmm. and circumvent it and then you can use chains to put shit in your graveyard so you know you can be a little bit more modal with it now but yeah i really dislike this card yeah. <laughs> when you say it out loud i'm like yeah it is a fucking stacks piece like yeah but it's like it totally it's is. like actually the worst kind of stacks piece because like to your point it's gonna add on average i bet at least a minute minimum on each person's turn. Oh yeah. Which is a lot of time. Like I know that doesn't sound like a lot of time when mm. you say it out loud, but like literally a minute of people being like, wait, how does this fucking work again? And just like all this like back and forth nonsense, like, ugh, oh my God, I hate it. 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 If you think about hitting one person with a targeted discard spell, how long it takes them to evaluate their hand and pitch a card. And now they're doing that every time they're drawing outside of their first draw for turn. Yeah. You know? And outside of that, they got a, fucking understand how it fucking works so yeah my, my small brain is like really struggling with this one i don't i don't like this one like i, I dislike it <laughs> how do you feel about this mike i i kind of agree i think that the complexity of it is i almost think like frustrating because the effect is kind of cool like the way that it works the unique niche that it fits in in terms of card design space is nice of like kind of conceptually forcing people's draws to be more of a rummage instead. It's cool, but it's so complicated. It's so painful. And uh, it really sucks when it's being used in combination with any of the things that are obviously good to use it with. Yeah. But they're not even that obvious because you have to kind of grok how the card works first in order to even understand how it's going to interact with all of these other effects. So it makes it super painful. So, Mike, where does it fall on the salty card list? Why don't you both tell me? Write down your guesses, folks. Uh, write down our guesses. In the top 300 salty cards. I got mine. It's also, who the fuck, who in the fuck templated this? Like, this is for a kid's game, right? Like, Magic was considered a child's game at the time, right? I don't even know if it was released as a kid's I don't know, game. Man. I don't think so. I think it was always... I don't care. Even if it's an adult's game, like, come on. I, I didn't write my thing down. Hang on. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty sure Mephistopheles is like a demon from the Bible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I don't know if this is like for kids necessarily. <laughs> ready? I'm ready. Show them. I'm locked. We got Tony with 237. And mine is 99. Sam takes it. Yes, shit. Yes. It is one thirty-three. One thirty-three. Oh man, I was yep. gonna say one thirty-seven, and then I changed to two thirty-seven. Well, shouldn't have been bad. I'm doing that magic player thing where I'm like, I would have won the if top I card like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that that makes sense to me. I mean, I I don't think people play against it enough for it to really like get high in that top 100 that's why right. i was like maybe 99 well that's why i went to 237 because i was like how many people have ever actually even seen this card like in play yeah it's like such a frustrating thing to deal with like who's ever seeing this card like maybe it almost gets that artificial rating of people read it and see it and they're like this would suck to play against and so they're yeah. like it's salty but the reality is i don't think it's in that many decks like well it has this kind of like legendary status for magic players is like one of the most if not the most complicated card 
yeah, to resolve yeah. and read. And it's one of those cards that, you know, there's a lot of old complicated cards, uh, like Necromancy is a good one that was just reprinted in mm-hmm. uh, the Karloff Manor Commander Precons. Oh, it got reprinted in that? Yeah, yeah. dude. Necromancy what? got reprinted. Yeah. And the templating is somehow more confusing than the normal templating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the modern templating is trash. Because, like, dude. it doesn't really fit in the rules of the game. <laughs> like, it, it does. It, it makes do, but they have to kind of squirm around the way a lot yeah. of stuff works. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, if you just kind of hand wave it and you're like, oh, it enchants a graveyard thing and then it's in the battlefield and if it goes yeah. away, then it goes away. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> both necromancy and chains are one. One of those cards that is easier to explain if you're not reading the text of the card like if i just put it down in front of you and was like this is what the card does you'd be like okay and then if you tried to read it you'd be like i have no idea what this tries to do so yeah i, I see why it gets the salt i think because of that like status as just one of the more complex and confusing cards like it, it justifiably gets some salt yeah, it's definitely not getting played very much. It's in like 4,000 decks of almost 2 million decks that it could be in. Yeah, what's the top commander on that, Mike? I'm kind of curious where people are finding the synergy for chains. Um, Tiny Bones. Nath of the Guilt Leaf is the big one. Tiny Bath. Bones is also there. And Kroxa and Turgrid are both there as well. Okay, so big in like discard decks. Yep, Gitrog is there as well. And Abnixilus, Kingpin. So I bet people are running him in Abnixilus CDH since you can do that impulse draw that you were talking about. That makes sense. Well, that wraps it up for the Salty Card of the Week. Thanks for playing. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a lovely Salty Card. And thank you to our Salt Packet Plus members out there. You know we got to shout them out at the end of every episode. And they are... Rothbox, Bathroom Entity, Bobo Fett, Chameleon, Clearbrook, Deadgan, Captain Cross, Ebes, and Joe Danson. Yeah. Thanks for the support, everybody. We really, really appreciate that shit. Thank you. And thank you to all the other prospectors out there for tuning in every single week to Howling Salt Mine. If you want more Howling Salt Mine content in your life, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Salt Mine. We have our Stray Grains show on there. We're putting out weekly segments, all the little segments, all the little bits that don't make it into the final cut of the episode. We also have our monthly Extra Salt show. We also have just a thriving Discord that is super fun to hang out with. We're doing weekly community game nights now on Thursdays, and we have monthly Patreon game nights hosted by us three, where Tony will will sort everybody into pods, we'll jam games with the prospectors. It's a really, really good time. jam a lama ding dong also, I haven't mentioned this in a while. If you're a patron at our Salt Packeteer, you get monthly tokens from us that are drawn by me. They're printed in full color. Everybody's getting the same set of tokens. And then at the higher tiers, you can get custom hand-drawn tokens from me. Also at those tiers, you get to request Salty Songs of the Week. So if you like to make me sing weird songs or want to hear me sing a certain song and write a little magic parody for it, Fucking get in there and request it, and I'll toss it in the queue, and we'll get it going. Another thing you can do to help out the show is to send us your salty stories or send us salty Reddit posts that you find. That's right, because we're getting back into Reddit more and more this year as we're back and hitting that New Year's resolution. The best way to do this is to email them to us at our Gmail, which is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com, or submit it on our website, which is howlingsaltmine.com or thehowlingsaltmine.com. We are inconsistent with the the, so we have all the domains there to make it really easy for y'all. <laughs> you can also buy merchandise off of our bonfire store right now. 
Uh, at the time of recording this, we still don't have sleeves in the stock, but maybe we have them back. Who knows? But those will be coming back at some point. But if you are hankering for some Howling Salt Mine swag, pick up a sweatshirt, a hoodie, a T-shirt, whatever you might have. Uh, spring is just around the corner. So, you know, sun's out, gun's out. You got to get that 1-800-ARE-YOU-FLAPPING shirt <laughs> to really show off the pythons this summer. <laughs> oh my God. Show everyone how much you double slap, double flap, and and uh, take no double nap. fap. No, how else are you gonna get the pythons? Come on! Oh God, uh, <laughs> that works in so many ways. Oh, Set me up. <laughs> Another thing you can do to help out the show is to give us a five star review in your favorite podcast app of choice, which helps us stick out in the algorithm and helps new potential prospectors find the show and become full fledged prospectors. And finally, we got to shout him out every single episode, J.D. Burnett, for gifting us our beautiful podcast art. We rock every single week, and you can get on some lovely, lovely swag. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a good tattoo, because he's a cool guy. Not a great tattoo? Get a great tattoo, in fact. Get a good one or a great one. Cool. Threw me off my game. Uh, 10,000 subscribers are buzzed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, everybody. Stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling x out of the tab and the next thing was a tab of me looking up anal you cut out at the funniest time for you to cut out while saying that word did you say anal <laughs> no i said banal yeah oh it sound it literally out. just sounded you like you said i saw anal. you on video so i knew that it was <laughs> that's, why I, that's why i looked but over Sam so not. shocked i was <laughs> like why would you tell us this? Why are you yeah. leaving those tabs open? Why don't you open uh, uh, a private browser for that? <laughs> no, I was looking up banal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. B. Sure, sure. All right. All right. I guess I believe you. Uh, so our first story is a Gmail submission. Ooh. And this one comes to us from our friend, James. Is it Gmail? I thought you said it was website. Oh, yeah, sorry. So this first one is a website <laughs> submission. <laughs> I wonder how many times that's happened in the past. <laughs> As, uh, well, I get the notifications in my Gmail, so I'm like, yeah, it's a Gmail submission, right? <laughs> Some buddies and I had gone to the bar before the event, and uh God. I also went to the bar before this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Is seventh edition seven the seventh thing of cards? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, Tony. <laughs> for, turn, for tuning in every for single... No, in. no, no. For tuning in... <laughs> <laughs> Churn and earn. Nope, nope. 